0: Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart,
1: and I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And you know what's been annoying me this week? You know, what Amy, you... what's
0: been annoying you this week?
1: You know, what's really bullshit is people. Yeah, just people. I mean, that's an easy one, isn't it? Yeah, but like specifically now, the weather's getting nicer. There are just hordes of people like out and about on my on oh. my running routes my running routes they're just they're just there just milling around and you know what i live in an area that's quite popular like day trippers and tourists so nice days can be like a complete nightmare and they're just amateurs they just they don't know what they're doing (laughs) they don't know where they are yeah
0: they're
1: just like they're just noobs they're just even if they live in the area they're noobs because they don't normally go out walking unless it's nice outside i'm out there year round in the wind in the rain in the snow in the sleet You know, all of that. I'm out there. I'm out there running. I'm out there doing my thing. Where were they? Nowhere. So get out my way.
0: It's like all those people in uh, the beginning of the original lockdown, all of a sudden went blinking outside into the light. Like, oh my God, look, there's a park here. Let's just walk all over the path and get in everyone's way.
1: That was basically sunny weekends every single day. That was sunny. So at the moment, as we record in Cardiff, the weather's been beautiful this weekend. Really nice. Mm -hmm. It's the first like really sunny weekend we've had since whenever. But... Just people, I, I, it does make me irrationally angry because I, I do think in my head, where were you when it was pissing it down and raining a minus two? Like, get out of my way. Why are you taking up the whole pavement? Why are you taking up the pavement like with your three snotty kids all the way across? Tell them to move over, be a good parent and tell them to move out the way so they don't grow up to be an ignorant arsehole like you. I get, that's, that's what goes through my head. That's what literally goes through my head. And the other day I was running across, there's like a, a footbridge, um, Here I am. It's not super narrow, but it's really, really busy because it's like in between a park and some coffee shops and stuff. So I was running along there and people were walking. There was a family and it was like a two different, this is the worst, like two different families together. So two different like parents and all the kids and sometimes the grandparents too. And they also had dogs with them and they were across this entire footbridge. And I couldn't help it. I went, "Excuse me!" like that, like really aggressively. And as I ran past, I like shook my head and tutted.
0: Oh! And when I
1: got home,
0: Whoa. When I
1: got home, I realized that that was quite mean. And they're just having a nice day out with their family. But when I'm running, I'm so enraged. When well, I've said this before, running for me, some people find it relaxing. I, I'm enraged often when I'm running. I'm irritated, <laughs> and I'm irritated when people are around. If it's like 6 a.m. and no one's around. I'm fine, I'm relaxed, I'm chill. But if people are around, I don't know what it is, they just enrage me. So that's what's been annoying me this past few days with the nice weather is people.
0: Well, that is a strong start to this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate people. <laughs> the,
0: the new section of Amy's irrational anger.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, wind. any inconvenience my run? Because I already don't want to be out there, but any inconvenience, <laughs> I just and you know what? Normally, I'm not a, at all a confrontational person. I'm normally very polite. I'm very mild mannered. I'm you know, but there has been times where I've been really close to saying something to someone on a run. Like like I said, that was pretty much for me to tut and shake my head like that and sigh, so they could they could see me doing it. But there have been times when I've seriously wanted to say something to someone who's basically, especially when they're taking up the whole pavement.
0: I love how British that is. I'm like, I get so angry. I seriously thought about saying something. (laughs) I didn't, but I thought about it quite strongly.
1: Because at the time it feels really (laughs) rational. But I know once I got home, I'd be like, I'd be really ashamed of myself and embarrassed for being annoyed. It's like the other day I went to Morrison's and I was ID'd for paracetamol. Because because uh, <laughs> apparently I look fifteen, so I was ID for paracetamol, I mean, yeah. and I was so angry in the shop. But I did that very British. I was going, "Come on, mate, come on." I said, "What am I going to do with it?" And, he's, and he was going, "But you could be a secret shopper." I'm like, "I'm not a bloody secret shopper. I've got a real job which I'm late for, and then I've got a meeting I'm late for, and it's not a bloody secret shopper meeting." And I probably like went off on one of it. And, <laughs> and then when I got home, I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." He's just trying to do his job. I shouldn't have done. That. That's how I feel when I'm running. I feel like, oh, they just—they're just, they're just enjoying their day, and here's me like angry. All
0: yeah. the retail workers are listening. Have just gone right I, off. I know. You. I'm
1: so sorry. I was like, I wasn't shouting or bawling, but I was causing. I was having an argument. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know retail workers. I know once you ask, you have they have to provide ID. I know that rule. I was just irritated and stressed, and I'm I'm sorry. I'm so like collective sorry to everyone out there. And if the person from Morrison's is listening, I'm sorry to you specifically as well.
0: <laughs> well I'm not sure how we top this uh, first few minutes of this this episode. As, as I said, strong stuff. Oh,
1: I felt good, let it all out.
0: <laughs> well, coming up on the rest of this episode, we play a bit of Would You Rather. For some reason, uh, we read out praise about ourselves, talk about mad race kits, and inevitably poo.
1: Of course. So, firstly, we've had some messages about the last episode. So, Jess Hayworth at F the inevitable, ineffable, sorry, F the inevitable. Jess, your name, your Twitter name is like a tongue twister. I'm just, it's just Jess. Jess Hayworth on, uh, on Twitter. So, Jess says, really appreciated your coverage of running with dogs at Parkrun, being dog runners yourselves. Totally agree with what you said. Wish each event could just decide as dog friendly, quiet, rural courses are my favourites anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think that was our main point was um, every course is different at Park Run. So really, it should be down to individual courses, courses surely.
0: Yeah, well, we've got one, one left. Never mind. Yeah. Um, we also asked about your most dismal run. Um, Clarice underscore runs said a psychopath next to the A12 at rush hour. Couldn't hear my music over the traffic. Inhaled lots of exhaust fumes and started counting lost hubcaps to pass the time. Oh, that's bad.
1: I hate those sort of runs right next to a busy road and just yeah, boring. Yeah, well,
0: well, I, Mattman, also had a similar thing. He said the Hucknell bypass. I thought it'd be a good idea to incorporate it into a, a long run. I thought wrong. Yeah, <laughs> a, a bypass is bad times.
1: Definitely. I was thinking, um, in terms of dismal runs, if anyone else, and I guess it depends on your location, anyone else have those runs where they randomly end up on an industrial estate? Especially if it's not one you've been on before, and it's sort of that dodgy, like, am I supposed to be here? But also, if you're like there on a weekend, like a Sunday morning long run, and it's eerily quiet, and you're like, someone could kill me, and no one would ever find out.
0: Yeah, you could be in some industrial machinery. Yeah, you could be yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, you could be disposed of quite quickly. Yeah,
1: I've had a few runs like that where I'm just on some random industrial, like, area. And I'm like, I don't like this. It's it's horrible, but also I'm quite scared.
0: Yeah, I've been in a few of those, even running on the Welsh coast path. There's a few of those just kind of pop up. And and a few of them is, like you say, you're like, it doesn't feel like I should be yeah. here. Like, someone's going to move me on.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a, um, there's like a shipyard type thing near me, not for, like, industrial ships, but, like, pleasure boats and stuff like a mm. marina that's the word i'm looking for there's a marina Maybe near yeah. me where they store loads of boats and they do like boat repairs and stuff and um the the trail i often run down runs right down the side of it and there's a big fence in between me and there um but a few months ago when i was running down there early in the morning and this happened on multiple runs as i ran past there would be a uh, pre-recorded voice blaring out of the the yard saying um what was it like something like an unidentified person in the shipping yard please leave the police have been called and all of this and (laughs) and it happened multiple times as i was running past and i was thinking can they not see that i'm on the other side of the fence is this about me or do they happen to test it every time i run past i don't
0: know (laughs) wow that's weird
1: yeah yeah it was really creepy because the first time it happened i thought or am I about to witness a crime? Is there an unidentified person yeah. in the yard, sort of doing? A you could crime? be a hero. I know I could, but I think. Or it, you
0: could get arrested.
1: I think it was me. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I right. was the. It's very obvious between like the trail and the the yard. There's a very obvious obvious fence, yeah. but I wonder whether I just triggered something by running near the fence. I don't know. <laughs> well,
0: that's exciting. Yeah. Well, while we think about that, let's have a little tea break.
1: Ooh. At Clarice underscore runs says, I've been binge listening to running is bullshit on my roots this week, which has led to at least a 110% increase in tea drinking.
0: That's good to hear.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we all love a bit of tea on this podcast. Is that, are you putting it in your hydration pack and just like sipping as you run or?
0: <laughs> yeah, could be, well, why not? I know Might as well.
1: Ice tea, you could definitely do that with.
0: Yeah. um well anyway we're partnered with bird and blend tea and if you fancy a bit of what we're drinking you can head to runningsbs.com forward slash tea to click through and buy your tea uh thanks to loads of you who have done just that it's been amazing uh, including gabby nair who has bought welsh cake tea for her welsh husband on a subscription basis which is a bit lovely isn't it
1: very nice very sweet
0: uh, this week i'm i'm going while i'm recording right here i've gone for a classic and i bought a big pouch of breakfast tea bags It sounds like it's just boring, normal black tea, but it's really, really good, normal, boring black tea. It's Assam tea. And if you know your black tea, that's really good, strong, hearty tea. You brew it for five minutes as well. And it's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And I've got it with tea bags as well because I know a lot of the tea we talk about is loose, so you need strainers or pots and things. This is tea bags, and all their tea bags are completely um, environmentally friendly, and recyclable, and you know break down naturally. No plastics in there whatsoever.
1: Oh, lovely! Sometimes when you order tea from them, they will throw in a couple of uh, of those tea bags as well, depending. I'm not sure whether that's a regular thing.
0: Oh yeah, I got what did I get? I got some gingerbread chai, and I got some cream egg tea. Oh, well I, that, the cream egg tea was good
1: that's what i'm drinking right now it's called, oh there we go what a segue but it's not called cream egg it's called oh. baby egg i think because of uh, uh, uh maybe they can't call it cream egg or something but ba- when i read the title like baby egg i thought that's a bit of a weird name but i get what it's yeah. like um oh no wait no it's it says i've just got the package here it's baby egg it says just like our cream egg tea but caffeine free, so actually nice. that rhymes. So you can
0: you can give it to babies.
1: Yeah. So so it, there is a cream egg tea. I thought it was just the same thing because it tastes exactly like a cream egg. But I'm assuming instead of what would be black tea, so this has got rhubos in instead. Mm. Um, so rhubarb, for those who aren't familiar with tea is uh, very nice it's caffeine free it's actually a root rather than a tea leaf it's a bit of trivia mm. i believe you know.
0: it's known as red tea it's from south it africa yeah,
1: yeah yeah sometimes red bush as well yeah. yeah so the baby egg tea is very very nice i can definitely taste like the cream egg aspect to it and as apparently there's a cream egg tea as well i mean normally i do like my teas caffeinated i do like to be slightly wired in the day um but if you're sensitive to caffeine this is definitely a nice caffeine free alternative
0: well judging by the beginning of the episode we had i'm glad it's decaf yeah you could I, still be going otherwise. oh my god
1: i've already had several iced coffees this morning which is uh you know what i've been having lately i've been having um like I have a Huel in the morning we're not sponsored by Huel but um that's not why not yet, if you're listening Huel um but that's what I have for breakfast but I make it rather than with just water I make it with like iced coffee so I have that and then I also have a Barocca and I've started taking Barocca recently oh, hello. That, right, Nan. That, but I know why I, I know my, my grandma has Barocca as well but it that stuff it does give you energy like you know those adverts yeah. where everyone's like dancing around and stuff i thought that was a load of old rubbish but it does give you a lot of energy so yeah i'm, I'm like wired in the morning by the time i've had my coffee I've had a barocca sometimes i have a tea as well i'm like ready ready to fight someone on the uh, who's taking up all the pavement
0: i imagine good for nothing in the afternoon though
1: oh yeah to- no then you have it then you repeat the process just without the barocca okay, right, you have a coffee you have a tea you get wired again then you just pass out in the evening
0: yeah, top tea recommendations there, and if you've got a baby, you, you can give them decaf. Give them a
1: baby egg.
0: Oh yeah, Amy. What's been your bullshit other than people this week?
1: Oh, well, to be honest, not much running has been happening. I've been <laughs> having a bit. Been starting of,
0: fights too much.
1: You know what? It's Since that radder around the lakes race that didn't happen, um, I just haven't been running much. So, but next week that's going to change. I'm going to get back to my running. I've got uh, ultras to train for. Stuff like that, so and I really need to do that because the last few years when I've ran ultras, I just haven't trained until like a month before, and you can't really do that. So I need to carry on with the momentum that I've built up and just get back to it. So, okay. yeah. But other than that, nothing. How about you? Cool.
0: Well, as I teased last week, I was heading to the most dismal landscape in Europe, and I've got bad news for everyone. It was lovely. Oh. I think they were possibly talking about a very specific part of the Cambrian Mountains that was kind of just covered in gorse and nothing else and no insects, no birds. Uh, The bit we went to, fucking beautiful. Absolutely loved it. We probably said it's probably one of the nicest runs we've done. It was just, you know, it was just like hills and mountains and grass and streams and mud and... It was, just, it was just really lovely. Once we got out into the main part of it, there were a road... It was kind of a road that went all around it because there's a few reservoirs there. But we just kept going off track. We followed some cheap tracks and things. Just went up and over some of the hills and just made our own uh, our own way around. And it was just... It was really, really lovely. And it was nice to be... Um, I saw a sign for the Cambrian Way, which is a path that runs the whole length of Wales. pretty much runs near my house. And it was nice to be to see one of those signs in the Cambrian Mountains itself, pretty much right in the middle of Wales. It was very, very nice. It
1: looked very nice in the pictures. Like, it looks very nice.
0: Yeah. Even I put something on Instagram, my own Instagram, for the first time in about 10 months. That's how nice it was. (laughs) I'm just an Instagram lurker. Uh, I have been for a long time. (laughs) So that's how nice it was. Uh, Also, just yesterday, I did cross-country in Swansea, the last one of the season. Very disappointing. Again, bad news. It was sunny there was no hardly any mud it was really sunny but it was really really windy so I couldn't quite decide if I was warm or cold mm. while waiting for the race I'm sitting there in a hoodie I got really like sun on my face really warm but then the wind's blowing really hard so the rest of me's cold it was very complicated trying to work out what to wear mm. really really windy and the course was kind of a it was kind of rolling soft grass it wasn't like an easy course it wasn't a hard course it was just that I had a weird annoying mid ground because i'm like you know i can run flat fast okay i can run a really difficult course because i just walk up the hills and do the downhills and things but this was just kind of in the middle it was always up or always down it was never really any flat part of it so it, was, it just kind of made it hard and it was 9k luckily it was shortened there was 9.6k they shortened it to nine which is very very welcome on a three lap course because mm-hmm. i obviously went off way too quick as you always do there was only a couple of slightly sticky patches around the course, but I did see a guy lose a shoe, and that cheered me up immensely. Nice. That is always funny. Uh, last lap was horrible just because once, uh, three laps is too many. It's, on a 9k course, it's a long way. It's not quick anyway. So, well, yeah, hard work. And also, I, a new first for me as we were running around the far end of the park, there were some people dressed in medieval gear fighting each other with swords and shields. Which is, mm. it, that's different.
1: Yeah, like LARPing.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> A bunch of weirdos, all dressed up, spent all that money on kit, doing something weird and wasting their Saturday afternoon. And uh, then there were the people with the swords and shields. Because hey! I'm sure they would have seen us run around thinking, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, yeah. Those absolute losers. <laughs> so that's been me.
1: Sounds like. An actual productive weekend.
0: Done loads, mate. I was going to go to Penavan this morning, but the feels like temperature was minus nine.
1: Oh, my God. It is really cold out. So we thought,
0: no. Yeah, it's very, very windy as well up there. Mm -hmm. So we just kind of thought, no point going up a mountain. So we went up a small mountain instead. And that was, again, delightful we've had too much delightful times it's it's bad um let's move on and play would you rather this has been suggested by jen danger harding who asked would you rather nipple chafe or bra coming undone mid-run the latter of which happened to her at parkrun and she couldn't stop whilst attached to her dog and you know what this is why parkrun has stopped people canter crossing thanks jen (laughs) thanks for nothing there's bras coming yeah. undone all over the place and you've ruined it. Definitely. I mean, it wasn't in the parkrun blog, but I'm pretty sure the subtext, now I read it again, the subtext there is quite clear. We can't have people yeah. having their bras coming undone in the middle of parkrun and not being able to do them back up because of their dogs.
1: Exactly. I mean, yeah.
0: Outrageous.
1: Yeah, at least if you're holding on to the lead with one hand, you can use the other hand, you know, to do the bra back up, so.
0: that's Yeah, that's why they've got the hand leads. So that makes sense. Um. So which would you rather, Amy?
1: Oh, this is a hard one. Like the thing is what sort of nipple chafe is it? Because chafing in general, you know, like there's chafing where it hurts while you're running and you're literally bleeding while you're running. And then there's chafing where you don't even realise you've chafed until right at the end when you have a shower. Yeah. Now if it's the latter, chafing all the way. Cause that's yeah, not gonna affect the run. And you know, if it's the former, I don't know. I, I don't know, because that's really painful. But also running without a bra would be really painful as well. That's a bad, that's yeah. a tough one. Mid run as well. So you've done half the run, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean for me, I'm just going to choose bra coming undone mid run because I don't wear a bra. And if, mm. if it did, if I was wearing one, it came undone, it wouldn't actually affect me mm. in any way. So that's an easy one
1: for I me. I do think like this. Would you rather depends on boob size as well. <laughs> it does, you know, it does. Yes.
0: <laughs> and so she then suggested that we play Would You Rather a bit more. And she also said, Would you rather lose a toenail or sprain an
1: ankle? Lose a toenail all the way.
0: I mean, I mean, obviously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course you were going to lose. It. You know, no one wants to sprain an ankle. This
1: is Jen, though. Jen did sprain her ankle recently and because I go running with Jen a lot. And she was texting me, like, shall we go for a run? And I'm like, you've got a sprained ankle, Jen. Um, and she did run with me once while having a bit of glass stuck in, stuck in her foot um and towards the end of the run she was saying it was very very painful i said yes you need to go to a&e and have it taken out and she did do that the yeah. next day and she had a big bit of glass still because she she had a bit of glass and she thought she'd got it out herself but no it, it was still in there so she's
0: she's either hardcore or mental
1: uh a bit of both i think <laughs> fine
0: line yeah fine line <laughs> well we asked this on instagram and we had a reply from your dog finley oh. weirdly enough um <laughs> Who asked would you rather run an ultra really well and nobody knows or run an ultra badly and everyone knows it's
1: gotta it's gotta be the first one because if you're running an ultra badly that is hell that is i don't give a shit who knows about it because or doesn't know because that is hell whereas at least if you're running an ultra really well you can at least enjoy it a bit you know because really well suggests that you're not completely broken you know halfway through <laughs>
0: yeah oh yeah you've pulled me because i was thinking run ultra badly and everyone knows because it's something to talk about at least obviously what's the point in running an ultra if you can't talk about it but i guess if you run it really well and nobody knows you could then potentially take that into another one yeah and run, hopefully run another one fairly well and be able to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm just, perhaps, yeah. Perhaps I'll go and run an ultra well. Then. I'm
1: just having a bit of PTSD from the Vogum last year in which, you know, halfway round I was in a lot of pain. And hmm. the final half was just absolutely horrendous. to The point where I was crying on the phone, like, go pick me up to people. So, but you know,
0: yeah. you know, what I say a bad experience is a good anecdote.
1: Yeah, but I would have rather had a good experience and no anecdote, to be honest.
0: Wow. OK. <laughs> hmm.
1: Sharon Heverin says, running shoes too big or too small? Um, I think
0: probably all of us have done both of these at some point. Um, Probably too big because at least if they flap around a bit, they can do a bit of chafing. But if it's too small, it just crushes your toes and you're going to get blisters everywhere. So I'm going to go too big.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think too big because I think although you will get some rubbing and whatever, then I think too small, you're more likely to properly injure yourself from.
0: Yeah. I hope everyone's playing along while they're listening to this as well. Just shout it out wherever you are in the park or whatever. Um, Nicola Forward asked, would you rather have an arm for a leg or a leg for an arm?
1: Hold on, I've got a picture of this. It's gonna um, you need to have a good think about this an one. An arm day, for a leg. I think if you had an arm for a leg, it would impede your ability to walk. But a leg for an yeah. arm, I, that's only going to impede your ability a bit because you still got the other arm to like, hold things with and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, you can still run and walk. Yeah. I mean, you might have just a big old leg on one side, heavier than an arm normally would be, yeah. but
1: You'd quite, yeah, at least you yeah. can still move around a bit. Yeah. The slowest runner says run a marathon and develop a heel blister at mile three or have bleeding nipples at mile 19.
0: Hmm. That's a tough one.
1: Bleeding nipples, I think.
0: Yeah, probably, because again, at least it's less time. A yeah. uh, heel blister at mile three, that's a long time. And also, to have a blister.
1: I feel like if you had bleeding nipples from like your. Sh- to be honest, like if it just if it's a visible thing, like is it if it's the embarrassment of having bleeding nipples, I wouldn't give a shit at mile nineteen of marathon wherever people saw mm. bleeding nipples. If it was the pain, you could probably run and like pull your top away from you at the same time. Like you could do something, I think. Yeah. I mean you know, if needed, well
0: for men they could you could take a t shirt off yeah, but if you really needed to, but you can't yeah, take your shoes exactly. off.
1: Exactly. You can't take your shoes off at mile three ever. You can, but yeah. why would you? That's <laughs> mad.
0: Steph Hall asks, Would you rather do all your runs on a treadmill forever? Or have to read every issue of Runner's World.
1: Every issue of Runner's World, because then we get content for the podcast. I pretty much have to do that anyway.
0: <laughs> of course. And plus, you can still run. You could read them and flick through them, and you probably get some good things from there. But you wouldn't have to run on a treadmill forever. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, God. I see people in the gym running on the treadmill. And, you know, perhaps they've got a reason why they won't run outside. But some of them are running for like an hour. I'm like, and you look outside, it's a beautiful sunny day. I'm like, why would you run on a treadmill when it's beautiful and sunny outside but there you go i'm not judging people some people might feel self-conscious about running outside whatever but um yeah it always seemed like an alien concept to me emma who hikes said chafing or mid-run injury
0: uh it's again it's gotta be it's gotta be chafing hasn't it you don't want an injury injury puts you out long term chafing is only annoying
1: and in the summer when i'm sweating and stuff i pretty much get chafing on every run so you know, especially like Just that standard. Oh, that bit on your shorts, like the elasticated bit on your shorts and it rubs oh, on the your lower back. back. Yep, yep.
0: Oh, yeah, because you don't spot that one until the shower no, either. No,
1: no, exactly. Or the inside of my legs from my my shorts, like where the hem of my shorts is rubbing and I get blood on it. But to be honest, when I'm running, I don't, if it doesn't hurt, I don't care if people can see blood down my legs or whatever. I honestly don't care. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She also says pizza or burger for post-run snacks.
0: Mm. Um, less kind of serious, I guess, but I think pizza.
1: Yeah, I think pizza pizza's easier as well you we just bang it in the oven whereas burger i feel like it's a lot more prep yeah
0: like even a shit pizza is pretty good yeah yeah. but a, a shit burger is really shit yeah. and then a burger has got to be really really good
1: yeah exactly and then her final one is run up a 10 percent hill for one kilometer or through calf deep mud for the entire run oh the, the, the hill the hill for sure
0: I just I looked at it and also I kind of thought oh bless because a ten percent hill for one kilometer I've been doing fell runs where it's been a twenty five percent hill for two kilometers so yeah I'll take that any day yeah. I do those all the time
1: yeah <laughs> I do those all the time not
0: to sound like a big deal or anything but that's that's reasonably standard for a lot of the runs I do yeah. I,
1: so. I mean for me that's hard if I have to run if I can if there's the option Actually, yeah, to walk it yeah like if if the thing is like you have to run then that's gonna be hard but I think I'd definitely rather do that than the mud mud again enrages me and makes me frustrated and yeah
0: I, I wouldn't mind a bit of calf deep mud that would be fun as a cross-country I missed out on all of that mm-hmm. so that would be a laugh at least Cassie Jones asked would you rather run in wet shoes forevermore or run without GPS forevermore I love the drama of adding forevermore
1: forevermore
0: so wet shoes or without GPS? Without
1: GPS, for sure. Because I can just look up on the map, like, roughly how far the distance yeah, is. Yeah,
0: you could yeah. probably figure it out. But yeah, wet shoes is bad times. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. For the rest of your life. So your, your feet are probably just basically going always be wet. You
1: get trench foot. That's another yeah. consideration there.
0: Yeah, and long runs. Yeah, you don't want a wet shoe on all of your long runs. No. That's bad. Um, she also asked, would you rather run as many times as you want on a treadmill or one run outside per week?
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: Mm. Uh, again I'm going to go one run a week
1: yeah me too I just I can't I wouldn't do it so as many times as you want would be zero on a treadmill yeah
0: <laughs> at least you can go outside you can make most of it and have one nice big long run a week
1: yeah exactly Cy Baines said, would you rather a constantly itchy bum or a constantly smelly finger? <laughs> mm. <laughs> they obviously related.
0: <laughs> I've laughed too much at this one every time I look back at it. I, love- I think this is, this is like the um, the new duck-sized horse thing, isn't it? Yeah. It must be.
1: I love how it's not related to running either, really. <laughs> no.
0: He's just saying a would you rather and thought, ah, I've got the one. So constantly itchy bum or constantly smelly finger. Of course, one can lead to the other. Um, I think smelly finger.
1: Yeah, because you just hide it, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, you could put a glove on or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, itchy, bum, it, itchy bum can be bad. I mean, it yeah. sounds funny, but that can be bad.
1: Yeah, it's, it's distracting. You won't be able to go about your daily life and work.
0: <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. Uh, and finally, it's not really one for us. Uh, ben Runs Trails asked, would you ra- rather run a fell race with Stu or an ultra with Amy? So we put that one to our followers on Instagram and it turns out 51% would rather run an ultra with Amy.
1: Uh, I must admit, I voted in this, and I voted for myself. So that's probably what tipped over the edge. That's
0: why, then. <laughs> so actually, of listeners they would actually rather run with me
1: probably yeah yeah that's fair i mean
0: i think most people were going with just like well fell race is shorter so at least i can get it over
1: yeah and especially because like i don't run ultras very fast so you'd be out with me for a long time i do talk a lot all day i do talk a lot when i'm running so i I drive people mad don't run with me unless you don't want to hear all my random thoughts as soon as they enter my head So,
0: (laughs) if you've got any more would you rathers we'll happily play that that fills some time very nicely for us Anyway, you can support this podcast by giving us money on Patreon. I'm, you know, I'm sure you all know about this by now, and you either are or you don't want to, but we're going to tell you anyway. Uh, It's an increasingly popular part of the episode, for some reason. Uh, Andy at DrVXD said, congratulations, Amy. You absolutely knocked this week's Patreon credits out of the park. You should probably expect a batting call-up from the England cricket team. Yep. I don't think that's how they make their selection, and Amy just did like a swing with her hands, but like a baseball swing, so I don't think it's... Is gonna happen,
1: yeah. Knock it out of the park. That's like baseball, isn't it? <laughs> Home run, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I, I don't
0: think that's how the selection is made, but yes, I got to admit that was a banger last week. It
1: was week. like I, it's gonna take a lot to live up to that. Just don't get, get don't get your hopes up.
0: <laughs> oh no, I don't think anyone does. Don't worry about that.
1: Uh, Angela Foster Swales also messaged in and says, Hands down, my favorite part of any running is BS episode is hearing Amy do having to shoehorn my full name into a Patreon song. You know what, though, Angela. I quite like it, because I, I feel like I've got it down, so it feels like I'm a rapper.
0: Yeah, it's a good name. It, it flows very nicely. Yeah. There's no kind of difficult sounds in there. Mm. Though, Although, the best name in there is still Amanda E. Hernandez.
1: Amanda E. Hernandez, yeah. The first... It's a
0: very fun name. Like, if you're out running now, if you're in your house, just have a quick check around. Check there's no one around so you look like a weirdo. Just say it out loud. Amanda E. Hernandez. I think it's because it's a very wide mouth sound. Yeah. So it makes you kind of smile as you say it, mm. and it just makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, that I didn't that, one. but yeah, that's very true. So if you want to be a Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash running is or the links from our website to start your monthly subscription. So Stu's gone a bit old school with his musicals this week. Mm-hmm. So thank you to.
0: Sir Gibbon, Calf, Everard, Bernadette, McCarthy, Mad, Catherine, Drew, Edwards, Amanda, E. Hernandez, Matt, Newbury, Martin, Kaplan, Jay, Cornhill, Hill, Amanda, Murray, Hind, Victoria, Dick, Ruth, KP, Kel, Ryder, Sherry, Grumps, Matt Jones, Matt, H., Victoria, Magnus, Max, McCarty, David, Irwin, Ivor, Hewitt, Maria Wicks, Elliot Line, Ian Thompson, Rachel me, Neil Denton, Sophie Jakes, Sam Wally, Gabby Thomas, Nay, Kirk Shepherd, Liz Reese, Dee Thelwell, cool. Paul David Sinclair, Adam Pope, Antley Howe, Carl Fleming, Ian Hales, Victoria Stanfield, Claire Dina, Matthew War, Be Hurley, Hugh Phillips, Charlie Neverson, Brian Simpson, Matt Jonathan Carter, Clark Gilmore, Len Martin, Elizabeth Japan. Skirm, Chris Whitmill, Karen Hamilton, James Lanford, Mac Garner, Tim Hughes, Vicky Genders, Angela Foster, Swells, Penny Simpson, H., Jason Spinks, Julia Page. Moving on to your messages, don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Just search running BS. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. We love your content. First up, an email from Phil Patterson who loved my MC Hammer parody so much he's asked to play it on his own podcast, which I don't think is a podcast about mocking people singing or like here's a roundup of the shittest podcast this week. Uh, it's called The Mile You're In, which explores the connection between sports and personal life, much like I think what we do.
1: Yeah, basically, I mean... I... To be
0: fair, it's mostly your personal life rather than sports.
1: Yeah, because I don't do much. So I have to talk about my personal life. there to be nothing to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure what lesson he's learning from my rapping other than not to do it again. It could be like a cautionary tale. Mm. He also said, you mentioned a race cancelling because of inexperienced volunteers and it made me think of the half marathon I ran this weekend. The aid station volunteers normally yell water or Gatorade, but these volunteers were a lot quieter. So you had to look out at what colour cups they had which was the next problem. Typically, they have water in front and Gatorade in the back, or vice versa. These volunteers were all mixed together, so there was no consistency. So many runners were stopping, trying to grab a cup. It was a debacle.
1: What a debacle.
0: That is complicated. And Gatorade seems to be a very typical thing in all American races, doesn't it? Uh, I, ha- I don't think I've ever seen it here.
1: No, we sometimes have um, if a if a race is sponsored by them. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: But yeah, if you're working on a water station, you've got to be organised.
1: Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, you've got to be on it. That can make or break a race.
0: Yeah, I remember our club actually a few years ago, one of our summer sessions, I think before like a really big race, we actually did drinking water practice in the <laughs> run. So we held out a load of cups and we had people like run past fairly quick, grab a cup and drink it while they were running. Because, you know, if you, if it's your first race, you've never done it before. So many people like pour water on their face and miss or oh. choke on it. They're like, well, we you know what? We're going to have some practice. God,
1: I remember doing Leicester Half Marathon years ago and the cups they gave us were so big. I, I did waterboard myself at every single aid station. <laughs> it was a nightmare. The best races, and I know this isn't environmentally friendly, but the best races where they give you a little bottle, they are the best races. They're most easy to drink out of. Yeah. Having said that, because I don't do many road races now and I do like ultras and stuff, a lot of them you just fill up your little reusable one, don't you? Which yeah. I think is the best option. But um, but yeah, in terms of road races, I don't think there's really the option to use reusable cups, isn't there? So little bottles I definitely think is the uh, the way forward. Yeah, they,
0: they are the best ones because you can carry with them carry them with you for a while as well. I remember doing a race before when they, they were giving out big bowls like, you know, 500 milliliter bottles, which are obviously too big. But also, as soon as people grabbed them, because this is a 10K as well, and people were running quick. And so as soon as they grabbed them, obviously they squeezed them really hard. It was like a fountain display. Yeah. At the water <laughs> thing, cause All these jets of water were flying up. I imagine the volunteers were absolutely soaked <laughs> after that. I was also chatting to a clubmate recently who said that her dad was complaining of leg cramps at the end of a 20-mile race, but he refuses to drink anything during the run, and the only thing he had before the race was coffee with butter. Apparently, this is a keto thing called Bulletproof Coffee, which is such a bro name.
1: That I thought that was a typo when I read it. I thought it was going to be like coffee with toast and butter or something, but no, no, coffee no, no. with butter...
0: That's a, it's a thing apparently. I'm, I don't think he's doing it for like bro keto reasons. I think it's just because he's old and weird. But
1: yeah, I've never uh, heard of that. I've heard of it's like it's a way you,
0: to ruin both of those things.
1: I've heard of coffee and cream, so I can imagine it's it's similar.
0: And someone tweeted us as well to say apparently you can also put coconut oil in it as well.
1: I'm like, why? Uh, I get coconut milk, but oil. Yeah. Apparently, you're not really
0: oily, what? <laughs> thick coffee. Well, I heard oh. as well
1: you're not supposed to have too much coconut oil in your diet because it's not. Great for like it's something about coconut oil that you're only supposed to have in small amounts. So
0: Yeah, it's one of these things that kind of blew up, didn't it, a few yeah. years ago. Like coconut oil is the new amazing thing, and it's thought, like, oh, it's actually just pretty much like any other oil.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I got that sounds gross. But then again, I don't know much about coffee or anything like that. I buy those like powder coffees that are mockers and stuff and just yeah. so I shouldn't be judging anyone on their coffee. But maybe coffee and butter is a bit of a step too far.
0: Yeah, and in a twenty mile race. Drink some water. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's warm out. We, we shouldn't
0: need to say that. No. <laughs> and we got one little piece of marketing bullshit for you here. Someone sent you sent us like this a pouch of hydrogen infused water. Which apparently uh, it's, it's been shown to improve athletic performance, reduce inflammation from exercise and deliver powerful antioxidants. Isn't hydrogen in water anyway? That's uh, literally part of water.
1: Yeah, isn't hydrogen already infused in the water?
0: <laughs> I mean, otherwise it would just be oxygen.
1: Yeah, you'd just be like a packet of air, wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> I, I looked it up, like... I thought if you add more hydrogen, does that make it H three O? And I looked up to see what that actually was to see if it was something dangerous. And apparently, it says hydronium is the common name for the aqueous cation H three O plus, the type of oxonium ion produced by protonation of water, which I think explains it quite quite nicely.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did do double science at GCSE. I wasn't very good at it. I got two C's, but oh, me too. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those weird things where I was really bad at science, so I have no idea why they put me in for the double award, but um, here we are, and it did me well because I have no idea what any of that means. Oh, really uh, something, that? something to do with oxy- oxygenisation or I something? It I obvious, don't know. But... Oh, well, never mind, let's move on.
0: <laughs> so it wouldn't be an episode without something from the BS content generator herself, Cabineer, who is running the Montane Summer Spine Sprint. It's a sprint because it's only 46 miles. Easy. Easy. Uh, In keeping with the 268-mile version, the kit requirement is actually the same. We've only run relatively short, relatively easy ultras. We thought it was fascinating to see what you have to buy and carry when you step up to the big leagues. Now, in this race, there are no checkpoints, and it's through the Pennines in the north of England. There's only welfare checks and emergency teams on standby if needed. So you have to carry everything as if you are running 268 miles, which will take you days even for the 46-mile one, which I guess you just you know go through in half a day or something, but you have to carry the same amount of stuff. Um, I don't know how to. I've got the list in front of me here. I think if I just bang through it first, and then we'll go through it and kind of pick out the bits Do it that fast, are interesting. Fast
1: as you can, fast as you can.
0: I don't wanna go that fast. Um, <laughs> okay, you have to carry. Backpack, compass, maps, knife, GPS, whistle, goggles, head torch, waterproof jacket, waterproof trousers, hat, gloves, spare socks, neck gaiter, spare base layer top, spare base layer bottom, spare cold weather mid-layer, appropriate footwear, ice spikes, medical kit, sleeping bag, sleeping mat, shelter, cooking stove, matches or a lighter, a spork, two litres of water carrying capacity, food and a mobile phone. Sheesh. That is a lot of stuff.
1: That's a lot of stuff. What do you mean by shelter? Do you mean like a full-on tent?
0: I guess like a, a bivy bag, I think. One of those oh. kind of, or at least something to keep rain off you if you mm-hmm. if you need to sleep. I mean, all of those things, they do make sense and they are sensible. But it's just when you properly think about it, that is so much stuff.
1: The only thing that doesn't make sense to me is the goggles, like swimming goggles.
0: I, no, I think, no, like proper full on like goggles that cover your eye. I guess because the weather is so bad or can be so bad. God. So if it's freezing, you've got like freezing snow or hail, mm. you you need to put some goggles on, I guess.
1: I love it's, a knife. I love the idea of people turning up with, like, a full-on, like, kitchen yeah. knife or something. No, I think they did
0: say it can only be a three-inch blade because, like, uh, legally you're not allowed to carry anything bigger than that. <laughs> but, yeah, all of those things, as I said, they, they make sense, but it just gives you kind of indication of when people step up to do these big races, how much more serious it gets.
1: To be honest, this is part of the reason why I wouldn't be interested in doing one of these races because that, yeah. that ain't me. That ain't me. Like, having to do the the Ultra up Panavan is going to be as remote as it gets and that's only 30 miles and that's, like, you know, probably only about 15 of those miles will be outside of Merthyr Tidville So, you know... I. I like ultras where there's a cafe somewhere. Yeah, and, I like checkpoints. You know, yeah, checkpoints. You know, Or if I'm doing somewhere that is in the middle of nowhere, I only want to do like 30 miles. I don't want to go too crazy. I don't want to go massive mountains. You know? yeah. I like that nice balance between a road race and, a, and an ultra. You know? <laughs> yeah,
0: ice spikes. You know, it's, ice you've got to carry 48 hours worth of medical kit. And a cooking yeah. stove for a 46-mile yeah. race is kind of mad
1: yeah 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 for a 40 that's the thing as well like i can understand for the really long one like the 200 mile plus but like a 46 mile race like you're probably not going to be cooking i don't know
0: well i guess this is kind of a practice for people that want to do the spine race they want to do this first and have a practice with their kit Mm -hmm. Uh, gabby also said one of her practice ultras the the kit list for that is a mobile phone and they suggest you carry water that's it that's like the whole that. kit list. That,
1: that's the sort of ultra I want to do.
0: Yeah, but she does say it is in a, like a well-paved and signposted forest with cafes everywhere, with yeah. checkpoints. But yeah, still, bet yeah. It's that is quite funny.
1: That's the other thing I find sometimes difficult is when ultras are in very well-populated areas and they have a like a fairly long kit list. I'm like, mm. you're you're fine. You've got phones signal the whole way. You've got cafes. You know, even when they're asking for all the waterproof gear, I think well. You, you would be okay you know sometimes i think it's a bit overkill on some of the the well built up some of the well built mm. up areas to be honest i
0: suppose they have to be careful yeah that does make sense um actually that spine kit list the full list i just read out there it was amended to also include a 400 millimeter mug a red rear light for your bag and what we're going to talk about most obviously a poo kit
1: obviously you've got to have the poo kit
0: you've got to have a whole kit One of the organisers posted that runners will need to carry a small trowel, paper tissues and poo bags. This is because there have been incidents where waste was left visible and also members of the public witnessed the waste being deposited.
1: I love how that's phrased.
0: (laughs) Ultra runners do not give a shit.
1: No, no. If If you're like 40 miles in and you're knackered, and you really need a shit, you're just going to go.
0: This includes in car parks, barns, and in one case, right outside someone's house while they were watching. What I imagine they were just, like, looking him in the eye through the window, like, I don't care. I've been out here yeah. for days, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me of, like, being a dog or something. <laughs>
0: Now, we have talked before about the best way to pick up your own poo in a bag, which is a sentence not many podcasts can claim. But now we're into the world of burying your poo. This is why yeah. you need the trowel. The recommended solution from this race is the pocket trowel from Cito Summit. It's made of nylon, only 87 grams, and has storage space in the handle for your bags.
1: That's pretty cool, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very neat little tool. Um, but I know what you're thinking. If I need to bury my poo, how do I do it? Well don't worry because Wes Siler has your back and this is our new favourite video ever. We've put this on our social media uh, last week, we're going to post it again, it's going to be on our website on the page for this episode. It is the best video I've ever watched. Here's just a little tiny taste of here's how it starts. Isn't this just the best feeling in the world? I'm going to show you how to poop outside. And it continues in this strong vein as Wes very seriously walks us through all the rules and situations in which you'll need to poop outside. And uh, don't worry, on that last clip, the sloppy sound underneath him talking, that's hand sanitizer. Nothing to worry about there. But his humour is just very
1: strange. I, it is. He, he, it's very strange. It's helpful. Um, I just when he said about his poo trowel, I, I know he's probably not touching the poo with it but I just feel like he needs to replace it at some point I can't imagine owning a poo trowel for years and years and years
0: it was a little worn around the edges and obviously had like a little bit of staining on the edge obviously where he's been <laughs> digging but when you hold up a poo trowel and it's got brown stains on it
1: yeah and so I've had this for a number of years I was thinking Aww. you probably just need to replace it like you know well
0: you know no need for plastic waste if it still works why not
1: well you tr- very true but the, the two bits I loved was his advice for at the beach on a rocky mountain so the beach was like bury it and let it float away just let the tide carry Below out the high
0: tide mark yeah
1: yeah and then the tide can just carry it out which makes sense you know we've all done a wild wee in the sea to be quite honest I would probably do the same for a poo I'd probably just go in the sea and do a poo and let it float
0: you out poo straight into the sea <laughs>
1: yeah under yeah. or
0: above the, wa- above uh, it the water it depends how
1: busy the, the, the beach was <laughs> <laughs>
0: just stare holiday makers in the eyes you do yeah it. <laughs>
1: and then the rocky mountain one
0: well, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's play the clip first oh, so people God. can hear it. Yeah. If you're on a rocky mountain and you're totally unprepared, you still need to dispose of your poop somehow. There's two ways to do that. The first is to smear it on a rock. The UV exposure will break that down over a summer. It'll be gone.
1: Mmm. Poop.
0: So there we go. It's as easy as that. That's all you have to do.
1: The fact he said smear it on a rock...
0: Yeah. I mean I, I don't want to give context for this video because the last bit where he says mmm poop you have to watch the video to see why he says that. I don't but, want to give full context for it.
1: Oh the way he just says just smear it on a rock and just does it with his hands. Just like a normal what, thing. Is he smearing it on a rock with his hands? Just
0: if you're on a rocky mountain, bury it under some stones it or like a, like, it's it's like it's one poo in the mountains. Come on.
1: It's like a dirty protest, isn't it? Smear on a rock. Or <laughs> we'll just grab it and chuck it over the edge. Yeah, like. it's
0: into a near your nearest crevasse. Yeah. There's crevasses everywhere just, around here. God. Right. And it also includes this wonderful clip. It's nice to have a clean butt. Baby wipes. Pack them out. And this is the thing about this guy, I can't figure him out because he's he's not completely straight. But it's not completely jokey either. It's just a really weird, subtle sense of humor that he's got.
1: I think that pretty much sums up pooing outside, though. It's not completely, you know, it's got to be a bit serious. You've got to of yeah. it properly, but it's pooing outside. I mean, it's not completely. I mean, you've, you've got to enjoy serious. it, I guess. You've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy that poop outside. You,
0: you couldn't do it with a straight face. No, Especially throwing no. it over into a, a crevasse. You'd be know, like,
1: wee. <laughs> How is he doing that? Is he like picking it up in the bag and throwing it? Like, the way he, he gestures it, it makes it sound like he's grabbing think, it with I bare hands. Yeah. Well,
0: if he's smearing it on rocks, I'm pretty sure he's picking it up and tossing it as well. That could,
1: the thing is, he's all about the smearing it on rocks. Just that's the one that I'm going to be thinking about when I'm trying to get sleep at night because yeah. he goes on about burying it and all this, and then smearing. What about the next person that walks up that mountain? <laughs> yeah, next
0: person down the trail. Like, Can you imagine the top that? of Pedder
1: van just like smearing it on the trig point? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I,
0: I don't think that's the dumb thing. No. <laughs> I, okay, we have to move on from poo But we love that video, please watch it
1: Yes It's the bullshit running news da, da, da.
0: Now, obviously, the big thing recently has been the Barclay Marathons, actually was going on while we were recording the last episode. Uh, I'm certain there are podcasts out there that will spend hours and hours dissecting it, but we're just going to do the funny bits because that's the easy bit. Um, John Kelly, Jasmine Paris and the wonderfully named Thomas Dunkerbeck are all credited with a fun run, which is three loops of the infamous course. But if you start a fourth loop, you can no longer claim to have completed a fun run, which I like i love the heart rules in the barclay yeah. <laughs> um carol Saber and Gri- and greg hamilton both did just that went out for a fourth loop but Saber was picked up by a local sheriff in another town off course because he was chatting to a bin because he'd been out for 40 hours and didn't know what people looked like anymore <laughs> um, And he was he dropped off by the local sheriff uh, and hamilton was just timed out so no one completed barclay the course wins again
1: yes Um, John Kelly's exit from the race was due to him dropping his race belt, which contained the pages from the books that you need to prove you've run the course. So he spent three hours doing hill reps on one section of the course, known as Little Hell, before giving up, and of course finding the belt straight away. Oh. he then it, took the... It was right in
0: the middle of the road as well. As oh. he turned back, it was just in the middle of the road.
1: But when you're so tired and stuff as well, I'm assuming you can't oh. think straight. You probably, even if he had been looking in the road, he probably wouldn't have seen it because he was just stressing out. And yeah. yeah, he then took the decision not to attempt the fourth loop. Guillaume Calmetz had one of the pages blown away by the wind which effectively disqualified him oh
0: brutal that's
1: awful it reminds me of the time I was working in McDonald's drive-thru and a guy passed me a 20 pound note like through the car and it blew away it reminds me of that it must be a just like thing. that just like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> you worked in a McDonald's drive-thru oh
1: Oh my God, yeah. I, you know what I used to do though? I didn't work in the McDonald's drive-through. I was put on the drive-through, and then I used to go and sit in the um, like the restocking cupboard because it was mm. nice and warm. And they, <laughs> these were the days before smartphones, so I just used to stick sit staring at the wall. It wasn't like I was st- skiving off on my phone on Instagram. No. I used to literally just sit staring at the wall because I didn't want to have to do anything. because It's better than in working the... in McDonald's. Yeah, because if I was in the drive-through, I'd be made to like pack up the Happy Meal bags or whatever. And my friend worked there as well, and apparently the managers used to be like, "Where's Amy? Where's Amy?" And I'd just be sat like sat in the the stock cupboard not doing anything nice so yeah anyway
0: <laughs> your strong work ethic continues to this day oh
1: my god yeah i ain't doing that jasmine paris was the first woman to complete a fun run in 10 years with courtney Dualter not far behind and there's been a lot of talk this year about how one of these women will finish the course at some point this is the thing as well like wasn't there snow at one point or something like that or like there was some like awful weather i think they
0: said it wasn't necessarily the weather is too extreme but it just varied so much Yeah, it went from like freezing in the night to 25 degrees in the day and so people's kit was just always wrong
1: yeah i think the years where somebody's won or there's been multiple winners is a lot about the course conditions Mm -hmm. if you get like a freak you know, weekend where the weather's actually quite nice or doesn't actually change so Hmm. frequently, then I think there's more likely to be winners. But yeah, times like this, the course just wins again. And it's such a tough course anyway that even a subtle change in in, like, weather conditions or whatever can just throw people completely off.
0: Yeah. If you still don't know what we're talking about with Barclay Marathons, you have to watch the documentary. Yeah. Every runner needs to watch those. It's yeah. mental.
1: Even if you're not into running, like, Freya, I watched it with Freya, and she loved it. She oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and now she knows everything about it, and she'll tell people about it. She's like, did you know there's this race? And she'll, like, to give people the full details. And, yeah. So even if you're not into running, it's a it's a good one to watch. Well, also, if you are into running if you're listening to this. I mean oh, well, apart from your mum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is, I'm sure.
0: Apparently, I've heard a few people say that, like, uh, Laz, who organised the race, he's kind of said a few times that, like, "Eh, a woman can't finish the race. But I think he says that with a little kind of glint in the eye to say, like, yeah, "Yeah, well, I'm just going to be a bit provocative about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. He's definitely like a character. He's absolutely a character who would say stuff like that just to get more women motivated to do it, you know, just to prove him wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, that's uh, Barclay done for another year. still haven't had the invite.
1: No. But maybe maybe be, next year. I might be the sacrifice one year. I might more be a liability a danger. Say
0: <laughs> 20 miles, how hard can it be? God. God.
1: Easy. So, Stuart, what have you got coming up next?
0: I've got next week the Cardiff half. I, now, for some reason, I've put together a group of people to try and run like 145. But when I look back at it, I haven't run that pace in four years. The furthest I run at that pace was about 9K. So, you know, how hard can it be?
1: I mean you've been doing a lot of long runs and stuff it'll be fine. really
0: slow long runs
1: yeah you've been doing lots of trail running and stuff not on road and it'll be fine
0: yeah i haven't <laughs> run at a consistent fast pace for four years
1: yeah it's fine if you can run an ultra you can run a half marathon Probably. how hard can it be yeah. <laughs>
0: though i have decided this year i do need to run a fast 10k because again haven't done that since 2018 so i'll enter one later in the year and try and actually run a little bit fast just for a change and I'll also be on with me now for the next couple of weeks if you just can't get enough of me.
1: Uh, look forward to listening to that. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I didn't mean to, <laughs> that to sound so sarcastic.
0: It's just it's just the way you talk now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just my tone.
0: Yeah, anything um, for you? You actually gonna be running soon?
1: Yes, I'm gonna be running, Ooh. but I've got nothing like special planned. The thing is, and I've been thinking about this, like I actually saw Holly. Um, her, she's posted on Instagram recently Stuart's partner Holly mm-hmm. um, about not really doing road races much enjoying the trails and I thought that sums up like my my running at the moment completely like I have no interest in doing road races like somebody offered me a place for the Cardiff Half and I thought the idea of running 13 miles as fast as I can sounds absolutely horrific i'd rather run 30 miles really slowly and have a walk and have a biscuit and you know all those things i have no interest in road running and that's partly why i've been really demotivated to run um at the moment because where i am it's all like it's all road running Mm. um so i'm only really running on roads even the trail where i run it's not like a proper trail trail it's like a dirt path you know so that I've just been really demotivated to run for that reason too, and it's like I have no interest in road running anymore at the moment, no interest at all because I, I just hate running fast. I hate having to continuously run. Like when we did the um, when we were in the Elan Valley doing that uh that circular route for seven miles, there was a bit at the end. It was like two miles of running a, along the side of the road, so tarmac, beautiful views and stuff, but it was so boring. Mm. I remember this two miles seeming to take forever because it's like just on pavement going at the same pace the same elevation like having to keep on steadily running like no interest in whatsoever so yeah so entering more trail races and i think i'm going to start trying to go out and do more training runs on trails like going a bit further afield and stuff like that
0: yeah i think we yeah i need to like to take you to some nice hills and things yeah you, there's, you're just too far away you need to move out to the hills amy
1: I know, I know. Just well, move house. It's not hard. Yeah, yeah, You know what? We are we are going to move in the next few years, um, and that is going to be a major thing. Is somewhere where there's decent running. I always think if it's something that you do most days, and I will do most days when I can actually hmm. you know, live where I want to run. I think you should prioritize that. So, yeah, I, I don't want to live yeah. here. F- yeah, same yeah. for
0: us. We want to we want to move further out as well.
1: Yeah, because I, I and I you tell people who aren't runners that, and they're like, "What? You'd move somewhere just so you can run?" It's like. Yeah, yeah, I literally do this, like, five days a week. Why wouldn't I live somewhere where I can enjoy doing that five times a week rather than running on pavements and in cities and stuff, which is not really enjoyable for me?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: There we go. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as our links to our Patreon merch store and social medias. Bye! In a bit, bye! So, some, so a catch-up from last... Uh, so we've had some messages about last... The, fuck it out. So first off, we've had some messages about the last episode. So firstly, Jess Haywood. Fuck! <laughs> uh, right.